Hey there, Elise here, host of Let's Break the Odds podcast, the place to help you break the odds and walk confidently into your God-given purpose. Think of this show as your regular coffee chat, where we talk about life, career, and legacy. As an award-winning entrepreneur, author, and speaker, I'll be bringing on industry leaders, professionals, and individuals to join us as they share their stories of breaking the odds to help you and to help us reach the next level in our life, family, career, and communities. Let's do this together. This is Let's Break the Odds podcast. Hey there, Elise here, host of Let's Break the Odds podcast. If you're new to the show, welcome. As you know, we like to describe this show as like your regular coffee chat where we talk about life, career, and legacy. And today we have someone joining the conversation, and that person is Christina Flack. I had the pleasure of being introduced to Christina, and she has such an impactful story on so many levels. And so as we head into the conversation, let me take a moment to introduce you to Christina by sharing with you a little bit about her from her bio. Christina Flack is the founder and CEO of Pretty Girl Makeup, a celebrity makeup artist who works on some of the most recognizable faces and for some of the top brands and publications in the world, and a fashion commentator for Soap Digest magazine. In addition, Christina is a widow who serves as a sepsis awareness advocate and a mom of four living children and one who died as an infant. She lives with these titles, but she's defined by one word, grace. Christina openly shares her stories of success and heartache to provide inspiration to others and to save lives through sepsis awareness advocacy. During my conversation with Christina, she shared with us on the show both both of her stories about becoming the founder, CEO, celebrity makeup artist, and fashion commentator that she is today, and also her story of grieving in a healthy way and becoming an advocate. You know, oftentimes when we hear or think of the word grief, it's often associated with the passing of a loved one. But grief can occur in other situations, such as maybe the ending of a relationship or the ending of a season or a chapter or an era in one's life or a shut door. And one thing Christina says, which you'll hear a little bit later um, in this episode, is she says, and I quote, my story is not defined by these things. And so in part one of her interview, today's episode, Christina shares with us her story of grieving in a healthy way and becoming an advocate, as well as practical tips for navigating the day, serving the community, and encouragement for single parents. And in part two of her interview, in our next episode, Christina shares with us her story of how she became a celebrity makeup artist and practical tips for growing a brand within the beauty industry, from how to develop a portfolio, social media, how to find an agent, tips based on if you want to navigate the beauty space as an online creator versus being a makeup artist on set, and more. And even if you're not within the beauty industry, Christina's tips could still help you grow a brand. And so without further ado, let's dive in with our conversation with Christina for part one. But as a reminder, this show does not claim to be a substitute for counseling or any other professional guidance and encourages our listeners to reach out to a licensed professional if needed. And on that note, let's dive in with our conversation. Here we go. Welcome, Christina. Good morning. How are you? Happy Saturday. Yes. Happy Saturday. Christina, I would like you to just share in your words, um, introduce yourself and share your story. Okay. Well, I am a celebrity makeup artist and the CEO and creator of Pretty Girl Makeup. I am the mother of five. 
I am um, a spokesperson advocate for the Sepsis Alliance. Um, and I am a, I speak now on grieving in a positive way. I was married to Ken Flack. He was the number one doubles tennis player in the world in the 80s and 90s. And he sadly passed away four years ago from sepsis. And so since his passing, uh, the Sepsis Alliance contacted me and asked if I'd be willing to raise awareness uh, to honor my husband and to help others not feel the loss that my family has lost, has felt since Ken's passing. So uh, that's what I've been doing. And then it kind of segued into grieving in a positive way and how uh, I grieve uh, and with my children and what I've done since his passing. I started a educational fund at the Northern Light School in Oakland, California. Um, that I have for my son, Bo, who passed away. Uh, I have a baby Bo fund and then the Ken Flack Educational Fund. So we raise money for uh, children, um, minority children that go to the school to have a full scholarship. And so we've done that. And then I've also started with my friend, Lisa Zimmer, uh, the Bo Friedman Outdoor Classroom in Mill Valley, California at the Ed McGuire School. And it's a big garden. And so that's what I do. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yes. And I know we've, we've talked once before offline and grief is, that's a real thing and it's not easy. And so the fact that you've been able to, you know, having lost multiple loved ones, your, your son, Bo, and then your husband, you know, how you're able to create these, um, you know, organizations to serve the community and continue their legacy. And I just think that's amazing. And oh, thank yeah. you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. So with that, um, let's kind of dive in a little bit. And so what may inspired you to get into the beauty and makeup space and then ultimately to reach the level that you're at of being a celebrity makeup artist? What inspired you to go into that career path? So I, when I was a young girl, my mother was diagnosed with stage four uh, brain cancer and she had gone through radiation and chemotherapy and lost her hair and her skin was discolored and she was going out for the evening with my dad. And so I said, oh, mom, let me make you up. And I had no idea what I was doing. I grabbed what makeup she had in her drawer and miraculously transformed her. And it was so interesting to me, not that she looked so much better, because she, she did, but how she felt mm. and how her demeanor had changed by just changing how she looked. And it's so interesting. People think, oh, being a makeup artist, it's so superficial. It's so, you know, whatever people have this idea about. But if you can make someone who has is dying of cancer look and feel better, that they can go out and have happier days. I mean, it made me feel so good. And so it's interesting now. I love making people look and feel like the best versions of themselves. And it's not just from uh, an out, outer perspective of, of the makeup. I also speak a ton about uh, educating my clients about, you know, drinking water, staying out of the sun, green juice, you know, no drugs and alcohol. And because beauty, honestly, <clears throat> it is from the inside out. And it is, if you're a happy, loving person, it does show up. And so there's like three components for me for beauty. It's the outer, obviously, what you're consuming, but, you know, having a positive outlook, loving people, being happy and laughing because the camera does not lie. You can't, I, you know, I'm very talented makeup artist, but if someone is in a bad mood or in a negative way, it shows. So 
you said there's three components. You said the outer, then you said what you're consuming, and then also just your attitude. And so I love how you tap into beyond just, you know, the, the surface, which is important too. So let's kind of expand on that. And so what would you say are tips for the listeners? Well, you know, it's so easy. Like people will look at me and go, oh, your life's so perfect. It's so fantastic. Believe me, I'm not always, I have my bad days, my sad moments where I'm feeling lonely and sad and depressed. What I try to do is check in with myself. And I, this is one of the things that I, I speak about, about dealing with grief, especially at the beginning. Uh, are you tired? Are you hungry? Have you had enough water? Have you gotten outside and gotten some exercise? Um, what are you grateful for? So I usually, when I'm feeling any of the above, I just try and check in with myself. Okay, do I need to eat? Do I need to lay down for a minute and take a nap? Do I need to get some exercise? Because if you can, everything is magnified so much worse when we're tired or we're not, or if we're hungry, everything is just worse. So if you can control we can't control the world or our lives, but we can control how we react. And so I feel that if we can do, make sure that we wake up. I mean, you know, like for example, to today with our interview was a little early. I'm in California and I just made sure I got up early and I went outside, took the dog for a little walk, had breakfast, did the green juice, just had a little time to wake up so that I can you know, have a nice, happy conversation with you and not appear like I just woke up. Right. Yeah. So, um, I think if you plan a little bit as well, like with diet, if you're going out for the day, like if I'm on set, there's always, I was just doing a TV show for the last six weeks in LA with Tyler Florence for the food network. And they have beautiful craft food all day long, right in front of my nose. So I know I just don't touch it. So I always bring two green juices, two big things of water, raw almonds um, to set. So when I get hungry, I choose that instead of a bag of chips or a candy bar. So I, you do have to plan a bit, but I also feel that it kind of helps your mood as well if you can control what you're eating and not getting these highs from the sugar and processed foods. Mm, you know, I recently in the past few years have really been taking an effort on working on what I eat and consume. And you're so right. I mean, what you feed yourself, I, I began to feel a night and day difference. I even just saw my body just felt better. And you think you feel good anyway, but and then you make those changes and it's like next level. It's amazing. And I can just see from how your skin looks that you eat well and you get rest. It's, it's amazing uh, how different your skin looks when you're eating well and sleeping. It's so funny. We as a culture brag about not sleeping enough. And it's, you know, beauty sleep, that is not a lie. We really need to sleep more and take a nap for a few, even if it's five or 10 minutes, just close your eyes and just, just rest your body. It's really, really important for your body to just take some time out because we're so busy all the time and running around and doing all these things that our body's tired and it needs to rest. That's true. That's true. That's true. And I love how you said beauty sleep. It's not just a phrase. It's real. No, it's know? real. That's not, that's no joke. It is beauty sleep. And you can tell, I can tell you've got a good night's sleep. I don't know that for a fact, but I would bet money on it. I did. Yes. I wanted to make sure I was ready and prepared for this interview today. I did as yeah. well. I went to bed at 830 last night. I got into bed early and I was reading my book. Yeah, that's so key. You know, oftentimes we think of morning routines, right? 
but I love how you talked about how you have a nighttime routine. Oh, absolutely. What I'm grateful for. Um, I think especially having gone through the loss of my mother, my husband, my baby, my business partner, you know, two of my cousins, you know, it's like so much that I really have to be grateful for, you know, my daughter taught my daughter, Melania taught me that uh, after my husband passed, she came into my office and I was having like, I felt like I was having a nervous breakdown. I was so just uh, lost and sad. And uh, she just said, mommy, you have to be grateful for the time you had with daddy. You just Mm -hmm. have to, you can't be mad. You know, you at least had someone that loved you more than anything on earth. Not everyone gets that. And so I really, really try to be grateful for, for the blessings that I have, because it's so funny. I did this interview once on the doctor channel and Sirius radio, and I was waiting to get on and she was saying, oh, we've got this special guest. She's had the most tragic life. And I'm like, oh, I wonder who that is. And then she said my name. And I was like, so when I came on, I said, you know, I'm sorry, uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you. I don't have a tragic life. I've had tragedies, but my life is, I've had a billion blessings. I have so many things to be grateful for. And I just thought, wow, that's how you're looking at my life. Like there's nothing tragic here. (laughs) Right. I've worked through so much and I continue to work through so much of the things that are, you know, that have happened. And I, my story is not defined by these things. I I've done so many things and I can, and I will continue to do so many things to make my life great and try and make the world a better place. Yes. I love that. I love how you said like what you've gone through does not define you. I just love that, you know, because I think especially when you're going through grief or even just if the listeners listening and maybe they're not going through grief, but maybe they're just going through a difficult time in general, you know, oftentimes you you think like, oh, how am I going to move forward? Is this it? Like, you know, but how you mentioned how, you know, this is just a part of your story, but it doesn't have to define the rest of your story. It's just a chapter in your book. It's a chapter. I went to a grief camp at Canyon Ranch after Ken passed and it was so interesting. We all had to like say our story and you know, mine was pretty bad. (laughs) My baby, my mom, my husband. And so, um, and then there were people that spoke about their aunt Gertrude and their bird that passed. I mean, like some that were just so like, what they just seemed very insignificant to the rest of us. But the woman, uh, Rabbi Sherry Hirsch, that was guiding the class said, no one's grief is worse than anyone else's. Everyone's grief is the same. No one should feel like, oh, this is, this is nothing. It's something to you. And it's, so it's important, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that you're open about, like in your bios, you mentioned how, you know, you're a single mom at this point, you know, having gone through that and moving forward in your career. So what advice would you say for single mothers who, cause you've been able to still move forward and pursuing your dreams, um, but kind of like just give some advice of encouragement for um, the single moms out there who, you know, how they can move forward and still pursue their dreams and, so I've been a makeup artist for over 20 years. So I've, and I've had my company pretty much the same time, maybe a little less, but, and I'm lucky because my kids are a lot older. My oldest is 28, one's 26, one's 21. And then my youngest is 15. So I'm very blessed that they're, the older ones are, you know, two of them are out of college. One is in college and my youngest I share with his, with his father. So I'm very blessed that my uh, kid's dad is so 
uh, flexible with my traveling. I didn't travel as much when my kids were little, obviously, because I wanted to be home and I had so many kids. But um, right now, since my husband's passed, it's like I, as I mentioned, I did this TV show with Tyler Florence, I was able to go on the road on and off for six weeks, which I could never have done before. Uh, I came home every, you know, few days or, you know, after a week, but it was a very different experience for me. I think it's important. I think the best thing that I've heard from my kids, um, and it's so interesting what your kids tell you as they get older, but they said to me, it's been an inspiration to them how my work ethic how I treat people, um, and how I, how I go about doing my work. And so if you can think instead of feeling guilty, because we have all that mom guilt, uh, if you could just see that you're setting an example for your kids of working hard and how you treat people, it's the lectures we give our kids are honestly, they have told me a waste of time that it's more important that they watch everything we do. They're learning from everything we do. Uh, so whatever we say, how we conduct ourselves, it's affecting our kids. And so even if you're saying a, a lecture that's contradicting to how you behave, it's they see it. So that's been an interesting thing that I just learned after having children for a very long time. Um, and, and thank goodness that their impression of me is, is positive. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, I just think you shouldn't feel guilty about pursuing your dreams. Obviously you don't want to neglect your kids or not be there for them because, you know, for certain things, but I think it inspires them to go after their dreams. Yeah. You know, definitely. Like I, I agree with you hundred percent about, you know, as children, whether we're younger or older, we want, we go, we pick up on the actions a lot. You know, I, the phrase that comes to my mind is uh, that I hear a lot of, as a kid, I would hear a lot of adults say in general, whether it's on TV or whatever, they would say, do as I say, not what I do, but that I is mean, so wrong. Right. <laughs> you think about it. It's like, you're a hypocrite. You're basically saying I'm a hypocrite. Yeah. If you think about it that way. Yeah. You know, children are watching. And I can think back to just my personal journey of, I um, watched my parents, they had, um, when I was little, I don't even think I was 10 years old yet, but I saw them um, choose to pursue their dreams. And they started a business like from scratch. And my sister and I, we were supposed to be playing in another room, but I remember I would just like crawl on the floor and just peep around the corner and just eavesdrop. And just seeing them go through that journey of pursuing their dreams and watching them from afar, you know, hire their first person and go through that journey. I think that did make an impact in me and ultimately becoming, you know, a business owner and all of those things are just hearing Absolutely. them listen to personal growth, you know, in the car, listen to audio tapes of motivational speakers. I mean, here I am doing this podcast here. I think it drops seeds indirectly. And Absolutely. my parents didn't realize that, you and know, it's interesting, even having this conversation, that's making you even think more into your childhood of what you experienced from seeing your, your parents and what they've done. So that's really, really cool that you see yeah. that. And I see that with my kids, my older, uh, my daughter, Melania studied at central St. Martin's in London, and she's a fashion designer. She owns her own fashion line and she's starting a new uh, golfing line. And my daughter Rose went to NYU film school and she's a screenwriter in LA. And so I, I hope people can, from this chat today, take away that there are no failures in life other than not trying. Mm, that's so good. I wish you could just repeat that. We'll have that <laughs> over and over. That was just so good. 
failure, it's only a failure. If we can turn, if it's not, it's not a failure, if we learn from it and then it becomes a lesson. Right. I love how you said the only way to fail is if you stay stagnant and you just continue to move forward, then you're moving forward, you know? Right. And so, yeah. You have to keep trying and, and, and love the process. I think that's another thing I've learned. And I, I, you know, we always say, oh, I'm going to be so happy when I lose 10 pounds or when I have money and all my bills are paid off. I, when I'm, it, but we need to be happy going through the process. And, and that's something that I have really learned in the last few years. I kept thinking, oh, once that debt's paid off, once, you know, my, I don't even know what I thought, but yeah. I'm really trying to just enjoy where I'm at right this second. Yeah. That's so true. And I think it kind of goes back again, back around full circle to what you mentioned earlier about gratitude. Like when you have that focus of gratitude, you're able to see the blessings along the way, you know, and it's so easy to think of, like you said, when this happens, when that happens. And I'm just speaking that because I can relate to that too. Yeah. That, you know, it's like, once this goal is achieved, then I'll do this. Or once this, you know, then I can feel this way, but it's like, no, like enjoy. Cause if we keep saying when the next thing is, well, once you accomplish one goal, there's always going to be a next one. If you're always not going to be happy or content until that next one happens and you're constantly moving forward to the next thing, then you're not being present and living life in the the middle of that transition of achieving that, you know? And so I love how you- absolutely right. I love how you say that you're not living. That's the key. You're not living life if you think, oh, I'll be happy when. No, you need to live life now. And, you know, here's another thing. We worry, worrying is the biggest waste of time on the planet, okay? And if you are worrying about negative things, you know, bad, what what might happen, which probably won't, you know, 99.9% of the time, the things we worried about, worry about don't happen, right? We can enjoy the moments and maybe we're just meant to be alone for a minute and have some quiet. And for me last night, I live in this beautiful apartment and I was out on my deck and it was 75 degrees and I'm watching and it's my apartment look overlooks the water. And I just thought, how lucky am I? I'm sitting out here. I was chatting with my girlfriend on FaceTime on the phone. I'm eating a big trough of salad. My dog's on the outdoor couch with me. I had on this lovely blanket uh, on me. And I just thought, this is so fantastic. I don't want to be anywhere but here. And that's a nice feeling. It is. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And you just hit so many key points. You talked about like worry and you know, how, how, you know, when you think oftentimes we worry and it's, it's ends up not really being true and what we, what we get so riled up on. And it reminds me of this acronym. I had heard someone share. It said fear stands for false evidence appearing real. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I've, yeah. False evidence appearing real. And there's even like, um, you know, in in the Bible, there's a whole section in Matthew and it talks about do not worry. And God is saying like, if I, you know, care about the flowers and I care about the trees, what do you, do you think I do not care about you? You know, I don't worry about tomorrow. Like I've got you. I'm totally paraphrasing, (laughs) you know, I know God to say, I got you, but you know what I mean? That's, and I refer to that all the time, you know, as a way of comfort. And it's like, okay, God, I trust you. You know, this is tomorrow. It says tomorrow has enough trouble of its own, you know, just focus on today. And it's just like, okay, God, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm just going to be president today and just focus on today. You know, you're right. That's absolutely true. And I love that. Thank you for sharing that with me. I'm going to keep that in my, in my mind there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Now, one thing I also wanted to ask, what if someone's listening and they're saying, you know what, Christina, I love how you've been able to continue your loved one's legacy through starting your organization. So how could someone begin to get started with saying, hey, you know, I want to continue my loved one's legacy in starting a nonprofit or a foundation? What are some ways that practical tips on how they could get started with that? Well, I think it's important to find a group or something that you feel passionate about or that your loved one felt passionate about. So the Northern Lights School in Oakland, um, my brother was on the board and my kids and I had gone there before my son or my husband had passed away and we had done a teddy bear tea. I just got this school so amazing. It's run on grants and donations. It's a private school for my predominantly minority kids that are all there on grant. They're all there on scholarship. And they have a 95% rate of all their students going on to college and graduating, which is unheard of, even in a, a wealthy area. So um, my husband had played and we, there was a, there is a golf tournament every year uh, that my husband played in to raise money for the school that a lot of different uh, Bay Area athletes and celebrities play in. And um, my son, Bo's twin, Ben, uh, play my son, my kids are all golfers. Uh, they, every year he has been on a hole raising money for his twin and his daddy's foundation the last five years. And last October, Ben raised $36,000 for his brother, for the, for both of the educational funds. And so I, I said to him, Ben, you're so amazing. And he's like, mom, I played golf today and I missed school and I ate cookies. And I said, yeah, let's pretend that didn't happen. But um, (laughs) three kids are going to be able to go to private school because of that $36,000. And so that changes lives and communities and families. And so I really, one of the things I feel so proud about my kids is that they've learned from a young age to give back and to make a difference in the world. And I've just feel that because of who my husband was, you don't just get to get free tickets to the US Open or Wimbledon. You need to use, you know, his name to honor him, but also to help others because it's, it's just, it's super important. And it, I think through my grieving, it's helped for me to make other people happy. You know, seeing someone else's joy brings me joy. Wow. I hope this episode with Christina served you today. You know, one thing that Christina said during this episode was her definition of failure, which she defined as, I quote, I hope people from this chat today take away that there are no failures in life other than not trying. What was your biggest takeaway from our conversation with Christina? How will you take action towards moving forward? We'd love to know. This community is called Let's Break the Odds, and the word let's is short for let us, which means that you are not alone. Follow Break the Odds on social media and tag us, and use hashtag Let's Break the Odds so we can celebrate with you as you take action. And on that note, stay tuned for part two of Christina's interview, where she shares with us her story for how she became a celebrity makeup artist and practical tips for growing a brand within the beauty industry, from how to develop a portfolio, social media, how to find an agent, tips based on if you want to navigate the beauty space as an online creator versus being a makeup artist on set and more. And even if you're not within the beauty industry, Christina's tips could still help you grow a brand. So you don't want to miss this episode. So make sure you subscribe to the show, hit that subscribe button, and I'll see you in the next episode. 
Let's break the odds together. Hey, guess what? You, my friend, made it through today's episode. Cue the confetti. But the conversation doesn't have to end here. If this episode served you today, go ahead and download it so you can have it. And click the subscribe button so you can get notified when another episode is released. Do us a favor and leave a review. We'd love to hear how much you enjoyed this episode. To stay connected, we'd love to have you as a part of the Let's Break the Odds community on social media. There we'll have an opportunity to personally connect with you and cheer you on as you take action towards breaking the odds in your life. You can catch the show notes from this episode and any discount codes and bonus materials on the blog at letsbreaktheodds.com. See you next time.